Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 79 for the week ending Monday, October 17th, 2016. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu. Thanks for listening in. This week's news headlines include Rwanda seeing the launch of the world's first commercial drone program, Nasper selling off the Polish online shopping company Allegro Group, and the Egyptian government finally managing to flog its 4G licenses. Now that's all ahead, but first, in our sponsor segment this week, we'd like to remind you all of the convenient ways you can access all the content we produce here at the African Tech Roundup. Namely, the weekly African Tech Roundup podcast, which of course is what you're listening to right now, the African Tech Conversation series, which features in-depth chats with leading figures from Africa's tech and innovation scene, and of course, the Quick Chat series, which features brief and some not-so-brief exchanges we have with tech pros currently working in the trenches of Africa's tech industry. Now, you'll find all this content at africantechroundup.com, as well as on iTunes, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other good podcatcher out there when you search for African Tech Roundup or indeed African Tech Conversations. Then, of course, do yourself a favor and sign up for our weekly newsletter to have all the latest content sent straight to your inbox. And so with all that said, it's on to this week's news. First up, Rwanda is riding high on the launch of what's being dubbed the world's first commercial drone delivery service. Now, you see, Rwanda is affectionately known as the land of a thousand hills. And for good reason. The country's landscape has always made it rather difficult for the government to efficiently deliver much-needed medical supplies to rural communities. Now, you might recall us covering an announcement made by the Rwandese government some months ago, publicizing its plans to partner with the UPS Foundation, Gavi, and the Californian drone startup Zipline in order to start using drones to deliver life-saving medical supplies to -to hard-to-reach places in that country. Well, this past week, that project officially took off. Excuse the pun. Uh, Autonomous drones now fly blood and plasma to places where poor road conditions often result in delays to time-critical deliveries of medical supplies for hours and sometimes even days. Now, thanks to the use of drones, uh, delivery time is reduced to minutes, even in bad weather. Once the program is in full swing, though, Rwanda plans to deploy up to 150 drones, uh, which will deliver medication to 21 clinics. Now, this should do a lot to curb the primary cause of preventable death for new mothers in Rwanda, postpartum hemorrhaging. And that often results because clinics don't have the resources to keep blood products on site. These are products that would require reliable temperature-controlled storage facilities. And then, of course, during the country's long rainy season, delivering blood products by road isn't always an option because um, the motorcycles are often used and um, as the only viable way to get goods delivered, even they sometimes can't get through. So basically how it works is to request a blood drop-off, healthcare workers would send a text message and then just 30 minutes later, a drone arrives. Uh, The drones don't actually need to land at the medical centers. Um, All they do is drop packages off via a disposable biodegradable parachute uh, that lands in the clinic's receiving area. Now, the fact that they don't have to land or ever need to get close to people during their trips makes flying the drones over populated areas a lot safer. Um, And of course, they only touch ground at the single designated takeoff center, which is located in Rwanda's central Muhanga region. The pinpoint accuracy of the drone deliveries is rather impressive, and uh, Zipline essentially gets paid for every trip that's made successfully. All very neat and tidy, I think. 
Now, the drones fly at around 40 miles per hour and can travel about 90 miles round trip before needing to be recharged. Now, if the extensive global coverage this story has received is anything to go by, it's a development that the so-called first world must be eyeing with keen interest, as Africa seems to have beaten the rest of the world to rolling out a full-fledged commercial drone delivery service, while companies like Amazon continue to run pilot after pilot. You know, while praying for regulators in the developed world to approve uh, the deployment of drone fleets to deliver parcels. Well done to you, Rwanda. To South Africa now, where the continent's largest tech firm, Nasperis, has once again reminded us all of the sheer scale of their operations. They've done this by announcing the 100% sale of the Polish online shopping company, Allegro Group, for $3.2 billion. A sale which reportedly includes both Allegro.pl as well as Cineo.pl. Now, Allegro is the most popular online shopping destination in Poland. Uh, It boasts over 20 million registered users. It's an online marketplace which employs uh, roughly 1,275 people. And uh, what they do is help companies and private sellers sell their products to consumers. And so they facilitate the clearance of more than 850,000 items a day. Now, that's nothing to sneeze at. Nasper CEO Bob van Dyke has been quoted as saying that he's proud of the success they've grown Allegro into since buying it in 2008, and that he's excited to see the company's new owners, Sinven, Pamina, and Mid-Europa take over. He's also said that Nasper's decision to sell Allegro is, quote, consistent with our strategy to find and realize value for our shareholders. In other words, uh, they're hurting right now and they need the money to keep their investors from losing faith in their ability to print cash. Their share price on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange went up last week on the news of this particular sale. So I guess at least for the short term, Nasper seems to be winning on this one. Staying with investment news, the social transit application Go Metro seems to be generating quite a bit of investor interest of late. Triptych Media, led by serial entrepreneur William Kirsch, who's a member of the Kirsch family, one of South Africa's wealthiest families, well, they've announced that they'll be snapping up a 20% stake in Go Metro for an undisclosed amount. Now, he joins Go Metro's other investors, namely Four Decades Capital, which is backed by former RMB CEO Mike Pfaff, and Angel Hub Ventures, which is backed by former FNB CEO Michael Jordan. Now, all three firms are undoubtedly bullish on the commercial potential of Go Metro's proprietary flexible mobility platform, which uh, simplifies transport operations on public and semi-private transport services within a specific geographic footprint. Now, Go Metro is also set to benefit from having William Kirsch sit on their board. Well, Go Metro stays winning, I guess. Meanwhile, the MTN Group has invested $22 million in Iran's first cab-hailing smartphone application, a company called Snap. Now, Iran might sound like a random place for MTN to go looking uh, to make such an acquisition, but of course, Iran is one of the 22 countries in Africa uh, and the Middle East where MTN operates. Uh, in fact, MTN is a 49% stakeholder in a joint venture with Iran's second biggest telecommunications provider, IranCell. Now, Snap is owned by the Iran Internet Group, which also owns the e-commerce retailer Bamillo, as well as a food delivery service called Zood Food. Snap is said to have so far landed about 500,000 subscribers and enlisted a fleet of 10,000 drivers since it started two years ago. Not bad going at all. It's largely being seen as an effort on MTN's part to repatriate the $1 billion investment that MTN has deployed in Iran. Overall, this acquisition is consistent with uh, MTN's aspirations to be a hang of a lot more than just a mobile telco provider. Uh, which has long been their core business and certainly the source most recently, at least in the last two years or so, 
of some of the most difficult issues they've faced since their inception. Um, we'll be watching to see if Snap proves to be an excellent investment. To Nigeria now, where the hotel booking platform Jumia Travel, formerly known as Jovago.ng, has announced the launch of a web version of the previously launched Extranet app. They're calling it Web Extranet. Now, Web Extranet aims to help hotel managers monitor bookings, update rates, and check on room availability um, for its partner hotel systems. Basically, I reckon it's designed to go head-to-head with Hotel Oga, which is, of course, a startup founded by Jumia Travel's now-departed founder in MD, Marek Zumslowski. Now, Jumia Travel is no doubt positioning itself to carve out a decent piece of the global online travel business, which is projected to grow to $762 billion by 2019. I do wonder, though, how easy Hotel Oga's business model might be to copy and paste, as well as how effectively Jumia Travel will be able to service hotel owners and managers, as well as online customers uh, who are simply looking for a good deal on hotel stays. All that remains to be seen, I guess. Now for some international news tidbits. Look out, Slack, because Facebook is gunning for you with their new work-based collaboration and chatroom platform, Workplace. So Workplace is basically designed specifically for the kind of professional interactions that one might have with their workmates, as well as uh, to help channel professional contact with clients, agencies, and partners, that kind of thing. So in terms of look and feel, it's pretty much just like regular Facebook. It features things like walls, groups, reactions, and of course, a news feed, but it wouldn't be linked to your personal account on Facebook. And of course, it also has one-on-one video calling as well as conference audio calling functionality built in. Now, as many of you know, the Workplace project has been in beta testing since early 2015, uh, and it already has 1,000 companies using it with more than 100,000 groups currently signed up. I wonder, do you think uh, Facebook will succeed in becoming ubiquitous in workplaces on the continent? Do you think um, in the interim they will become at least as successful as Slack? Let us know on Twitter, at African Roundup. Personally, I reckon Slack better take a leaf out of Snapchat's book and take this threat seriously. Now, easily one of the week's biggest international tech news stories involves Samsung Mobile declaring that they'll be permanently discontinuing production of the Galaxy Note 7. Now, this follows its disastrous rollout in the UK and the States. And I mean, you know, the phone went from being one of the world's most desirable mobile devices to making the list of banned items by aviation authorities the world over. Now, that's a spectacular fall, folks. Uh, Word is, though, that the hunt is on for a scapegoat over at Samsung. Of course, they need to pin that fairly on somebody and reassure shareholders that it won't happen again. Now, what I don't know is how those a few hype beasts on the continent who bought that explosive device, you know, while traveling abroad or perhaps through relatives living there, um, might take advantage of Samsung's device exchange programs in the US and the UK, given it's not allowed on planes or permitted in courier packages. If you figured out a way to get your device safely across the pond and exchanged by Samsung, please do let us know. and We'll spread the word. Holler at us on Twitter at African Roundup. Now to Egypt next, where the citizens of that country can finally look forward to enjoying 4G LTE services in the foreseeable future. Now that mobile telco incumbents Vodafone, Etisalat, and Orange have finally agreed to sign 4G mobile license deals with the Egyptian government. Now we reported a couple of weeks ago that the three mobile telcos initially turned down the 4G licenses on offer, claiming that the amount of radio spectrum the government was floating was inadequate to make the deals worthwhile. 
Now, last assigned deals were, of course, Vodafone Egypt as well as Etasalat, who signed following Orange inking a deal two weeks ago worth $484 million. Now, as things stand, Vodafone Egypt uh, is reportedly the biggest holder of Spectrum in Egypt, and the country's regulator no longer needs to resort to auctioning the 4G licenses on the international market as it indicated it might have to do when Vodafone, uh, Orange, and Etasalat all indicated that they wouldn't participate um, some weeks ago. So, all in all, a fairly lucrative week for the Egyptian government, as according to the country's telecom minister, Yasser al-Khadi, they've raised $1.1 billion through the sale of the 4G licenses. A pretty big win when you consider that the public interest is also represented directly um, through the 4G license purchased by the state's fixed-line monopoly, Telecom Egypt, who I expect will more than likely lease the spectrum they own uh, to the other three mobile 4G players, as opposed to actually launch a full-on mobile network or they might surprise me and do that. Who knows? We'll see. To Kenya now, where Liquid Telecom Kenya is rolling out the new internet protocol version 6, aka IPv6 addresses to all its customers. They're doing this in response to the fact that Africa is set to run out of the old-style IPv4 addresses next year. As IPv4 addresses run out, it will become increasingly difficult and more expensive for networks to add new devices as well as users to their networks, in addition to introducing a host of internet security issues. Now, Africa is currently the last continent in the world with available IPv4 addresses, but again, we're swiftly running out. And the uptake of IPv6 addresses is nowhere near as brisk as it should be. And so Kenya and Zimbabwe will be the first two of 12 countries that Liquid Telecom will be rolling out uh, the new IPv6 addresses. And that certainly deserves a big thumbs up from me, not only because Zimbabwe is in the mix, but also because this bodes well to the future of Internet use on the continent. And finally, Mobile in Africa, the Africa-wide distributor of Chinese mobile device manufacturer Xiaomi, has announced that they're preparing to open Xiaomi-branded stores in South Africa. Now, Mobile in Africa is a sister company to Core Group, the company that distributes Apple products in South Africa. Now, Mobile in Africa head RJ van Spandonk has, however, been at pains to explain that there is no conflict of interest between the Apple and Xiaomi brands, which he says target different demographics and will be separated by something he calls a Chinese wall. Now, he's also said that mobile in Africa remains focused on growth in South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria as, as key markets, with plans to ensure that the products they market in those countries end up in neighboring African countries through partner networks. This development is no doubt one that um, friend of the show, Alpesh Patel, of course, the founder and CEO of the homegrown mobile manufacturer, MyPhone, will be watching with interest. And that's the week's news, folks. Once again, we'd like to remind you of all the convenient ways you can access the content we produce here at the African Tech Roundup. All you have to do is head straight to africantechroundup.com or find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other great podcatcher out there when you search for African Tech Roundup or African Tech Conversations. Also, do yourself a favor and sign up to have all our content set straight to your inbox as and when it's published. And with all that said, I do look forward to having you join me again next week, Monday, on africantechroundup.com. In the meantime, here's to wishing Africa's brightest youngsters all the best for Africa Code Week, which goes down in 30 countries across the continent this week. Be sure to visit africacodeweek.org to find out how you can be involved, either as a mentor or as a participant. That's africacodeweek.org. And that's it from me, Andile Masugu. Until next time, do take care, Africa. 